Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Make Earth Think Again podcast. I'm your host George and today is Dutch Election Day. Uh, we'll be talking uh, primarily about that to start off with, along with some other things that have come up in the news today. Uh, so if we actually have a look at what's been happening in terms of the Dutch election, um, everybody's off to the polls and it's amazing to see some of the statistics that have come out from this. I'm going to leave in the description of this podcast um, a couple of links. The first two I'm going to put up will be the articles uh, from the BBC and Reuters, uh, both showing how the political landscape of uh, the Netherlands is shaping up to be. Right now, the two biggest parties are the ones being led by uh, Prime Minister Mark Root, as well as the Freedom Party being led by Gert Wilders. This is an interesting election, and the reason why is because of the third and fourth links I have left. The first, uh, the third link that I have left in uh, the description of this is a video done by Sargon of Akkad um, today, uh, or at least within the last 24 hours, uh, kind of going over some of the statistics about it, and if you're not one for watching a video, the fourth link is um, the polling data that has come out uh thanks to the express they've been able to compile it as the day has progressed uh with um exit polls and polls leading up to uh election day the reason why this is interesting is because um the netherlands is uh based off of proportional representation and when a republic or just a country in general has report uh, proportional representation um what usually happens is you get uh coalitions uh we see this of course if you look back through history with the Weimar system in Germany back uh between the two world wars uh whereby they had uh proportional representation and there would always be a coalition no one party would ever get up in front and that's what happened in 2010 and 2012 with the Netherlands and subsequent elections beforehand up until 1918 when the system came into place and uh, because of that we see a lot of parties that are in the running for this but at the same time not being. I did some of the maths with some of the um, polling data that does come out uh, thanks to the Express and the uh, pollers, uh, which I cannot pronounce the name to save my life. Um, I wish I could and I would give them credit for it, but you'll be able to see it if you do um, look at the link for yourself. Uh, we see at the moment the party that is being led by the Dutch Prime Minister to still be in front, followed in second place by um, the Freedom Party, but if you actually work out in terms of to have a coalition government, no matter who you pick, uh, within reason of course, you're going to need at least four political parties to be in coalition with each other. <coughs> Sorry about that. Which is a bubbling mess, to put it lightly. Um, polling suggests that at the moment, um, 
the current Prime Minister could be seeing 28 out of the 150 representative seats uh, given to his party, with the Freedom um, Party garnering 23, um, the Christian Democrats coming out at 21, uh, D66, I don't know what that sounds for sadly, at 19, and GL standing at 18 as a potential um, kind of the best outcome that they could get after collating all the details of how well they are perceived to be doing which I'm not a big fan of when coalitions happen because what happens with it is less stuff gets done because you've now got conflicts of interest even though there shouldn't be because with a coalition you you're meant to have political unity you, you know you're meant to have a coalition with um parties that s share similar views to you that's n it's not going to be exact if it was exact then we would just see them as the exact same party there'd be no reason otherwise uh, the only other reason i can really think of would be because you know someone someone is stubborn enough to want the power for themselves to try and split what would be a single political party so as usually with coalitions we usually see you know two parties come through you know the one with the most of course garnering the you know premiership but you know with the Netherlands at the moment we could be seeing four and as it stands at the moment if we have a look at the predicted polls it's very likely that uh, the Freedom Party, even though they would be the second biggest political party in the, in um, Holland, there's a very good chance that they wouldn't have any proper power. Of course, they would have power, of course, within the government, but they wouldn't be part of the coalition. You could happily pick um, the Christian Democrats, D66, GL and a party such as uh, PVDA, which I believe is the Labour Party of the Netherlands. You can also pick SP, you could pick um, CU, and you would happily, you know, get away with, you know, this, you know, coalition of four. But, you know, and with that, you would still have the current Prime Minister in power. One of the big um, statistics that would potentially go against that, though, is the idea that at the moment, in terms of registered voters, over half of the registered voters are undecided. So if Gert Wilders is able to get hold of a majority of that undecided population, we could be seeing even more seats going towards the Freedom Party. The question is, though, would they still be able to get a coalition? Because, you know, the Netherlands have never had an outright majority like, you know, we've seen with other countries. So it is very much possible that, uh, you know, a party such as VVD, which is uh, the one for the current Prime Minister at the moment, uh, CDA, D66, and GL, you know, coming together and, you know, coming out on top, 
leaving other parties by the wayside with only one or two votes. It is highly possible, you know, especially if that situation arose whereby, you know, the Freedom Party does go ahead and is the biggest party. I think at that point there, if that does happen, we could, you know, start to see, you know, a lot of... Um, lot of controversy within the uh, Dutch government I wouldn't be surprised if something like that would happen that within the four-year um, term we would see a snap election to you know being you know forced by the Freedom Party to try and go for the absolute majority or to try and force a um, another coalition but with them being at you know, the helm of it. Uh, in terms of other news uh, today, we've got the news coming out from the British government that they are changing their stance on the budget. Uh, they're making a complete U-turn, as BBC News has put it, um, saying that they won't increase national insurance for the self-employed. This is big because if you um, look at the budget, I know this is poorly planned, I'm going to quickly grab um, a quick note a second. We would see how the budget breaks down and how much of an effect this would take, uh, potentially. So, if I go to, that's the other side of it, we would see how it breaks down. And with national insurance going up, it works out that um, it gets a boost be because of the planned initial increase by 3.1%. Um, so, if we quickly do the maths, this is on the fly here. Divided by 1.031 times by, no, I don't need to do that. Uh, no, actually I want to say the number, uh, M plus, uh, 130 billion minus So it works out, uh, did I type that in right? 130 minus, I don't think I've done the math right, 130 divided by 1.0, hang on, 130 divided by 1.031, so it work out about a 4 billion, um, 4 billion pound initial loss from what they would be earning because of this increase in national insurance and the thing is because of how uh, spending is at the moment uh, the government were planning to borrow at least 58.3 billion pounds so we've got to you know think have they been able to find the money to be able to allow this to happen this extra four billion pounds in income you know to you know not go through have they been able to find that actually you know through auditing and all that kind of stuff they'd be earning that four billion pounds anyways so they won't need to borrow more or are they gonna have to borrow more 
you know, a potential of up to 4 billion will need to be borrowed. Potentially even more if any audits have come out and they said that they'll actually be earning less than the 3% increase they initially thought. Which isn't really good because we should be trying not to borrow as much money as we are. You know, 58 um, billion is, uh, if I quickly do the maths, 58.3 divided by 802. You know, that's about 7% of uh, national spending is from borrowed money. Which, you know, that could go up. If that goes up to what it could potentially be, which is, like I said, 4 billion, so that's now at 62.3 divided by, because spending will be potentially the same. You know, we're closing now to an extra per percent now of public spending now being borrowed money, which, you know, shouldn't really be a thing if that is potentially what's going on. We've got to hope that, you know, this you know, change in not increasing national insurance has been calculated that we can make that loss without spending, or not spending, without borrowing any more money. That or they're going to rejig around, you know, how much they actually spend. Because, you know, as spending goes at the moment, you know, Social protection, for example, was meant to be at four hundred. Uh, sorry, not four hundred. Two hundred and forty-five uh, billion pounds. Is that going to be something that might get a bit of a cut? Might that go down to two hundred and forty-three billion, or potentially, you know, the f the full nine yards and go to two hundred and forty-one billion if there were to be any cuts towards spending, which you know, given that people are already preparing for. Um, these changes and I mean I like the breakdown that the Times gave because of this uh, because they worked out um, with all the changes in terms of national insurance in terms of um, just everything in general like how the budget came out it worked out that people would still be earning roughly the same as they were previously um, if you have a look at um, the part they said about self-employed entrepreneurs, which would be the people most affected by the uh, budget changes with national insurance and whatnot, they were still earning, uh, given uh, gross income brackets, between 108 and £368 more than they previously would have last year. So that, I mean, whilst they'll potentially be earning more because of it depending on how the changes go through we don't fully know how that's going to affect spending will there be um, a greater need for um, borrowing and if so you know how much is that going to have an effect on uh, everybody else uh, in terms of other news if we hop across the pond and think a bit more about money the news has come out that uh donald trump's tax returns have been linked have been leaked sorry and it looks like he's as clean as a whistle 
honestly. So the tax returns that got released were from 2005, whereby it was worked out that he earned an estimate of $150 million. At the same time, um, he was able to write off $103 million in losses. Um, and it worked out that he paid uh, $38 million in taxes. And that works out that he would have uh, paid, I believe, 25.3% of his income were um, as tax. Which was compared, if we have a look at some of the tweets that were giving out... Um, if I quickly grab them up, I think they might be on the BBC. For, actually, no, they are not. Um, I know they're definitely on Reddit at this point. Uh, but I believe uh, Bernie Sanders, as a comparison, was paying about 13.5% in uh, tax. Whereas uh, Barack Obama, I think, was closer to 17%. And um, MSNBC, the news organisation that was able to leak this, was closer to uh, 24%. So, you know, he is as clean as a whistle when it comes to his tax returns. I mean, everybody thinking, oh, he's got something to hire because he's not releasing his tax returns. He's probably not releasing his tax returns because he probably just doesn't want to. You know, his lawyer said not to. Um, in terms of everything, so, you know, he he doesn't have anything to hide. Uh, another uh, tax comparison here, Mitt Romney, uh, just before um, he went for election, his tax rate was 14.1%. I'm going to see if I can get the one um, about, uh, about um, Barack Obama to make sure I have got the right uh, percentage. I believe it was something between 17 and 18 percent. It might be. I think it was somewhere in that ballpark, but I am unable to find it at this time. That is a shame. But you know, the only cause for concern in terms of what was found out with that tax return is because most of his uh, taxes. Uh, were paid through a scheme called the Alternative Minimum Tax, which is designed to stop, you know, the multi-millionaires from, from going through loopholes to pay as little tax as possible. And, you know, this has proven that it works, but at the same time, it's one of the things that is under threat, under... Um, Donald Trump's uh, changing in tax codes. So, what we have to, you know, see after this is what alternatives will there be? You know, how will you know the money, you know, come about once you know uh, AMT is taken away? Because you would hope at this point then that you know. That ta that federal tax in uh for the wealthiest will be changed so you know less people will take um you know the loopholes option 
you know, that already do at the moment, but are still paying their fair share because we can't just let them, you know, go around, you know, going tax free or paying even lesser tax than um, they would be prior to the whole change to AMT later on. It's amazing to see though, whilst looking at this, um, some of the comments that were put on the Reddit threads that were linking to the article whereby it was leaked. Uh, most of the ones I did see were from uh, the Donald, which was having a field day with this because you know, they were all seeing this as you know Donald Trump he's done how everybody's expected and you know we've just got instead you know slash r slash politics kind of going into meltdown to some extent uh, if you have a look at the uh, politics thread which at the moment's got 36.5 thousand upvotes you just see everybody you know before the tax returns got released everybody was excited for this to happen they think right we finally got him you know he was hiding something we'll finally have dirt on him everything's gonna be you know great for us but they've come up trump in a sense you know everybody was anticipating you know he's gonna have paid no tax or he's gonna have paid one percent tax no he's paid 25.3 percent which whilst as the BBC has reported is a lesser amount than the average for um, for the wealthiest citizens which they had at 27.4% they still you know he still paid close to that it's not like he's paid you know 14% like Mitt Romney had you know you got to give credit to him and if you have a look at what people were saying after they got released, then they're like, okay, this is actually a non-story. We've closed, you know, we've closed the case, but you know, we found nothing. People had found nothing with this. <laughs> Loads of people are theorizing as well that it was actually the White House that was able to do this leak, just as just to see if they could. You know, play with the media, see if they could be like, oh, we've got something now, we've got something, oh, oh, we we haven't got anything, he's actually, he's actually a good person in terms of paying his tax, uh, like, uh, it would be amazing to see that actually happen, because the White House have confirmed that the tax returns are legitimate, they, you know, that is the amount that he had paid, it was only uh, two pages worth of documents, I believe, uh in saying but it's amazing to see what the trump supporters have been saying about it uh, i've left in the description of the podcast uh the links to some of the threads on the donald that have been talking about it and my god they are they're pretty happy to know that what they believed in the first place was uh correct they still believe the Trump chain is going on, and it definitely is at this point. The only, you know, concern at the moment by the left is, you know, the connections with Russia, and they're still being, you know, thwarted by Vault 7 releases, by Russia saying, you know, we talked to both political candidates, it's nothing new. 
I mean, there's nothing to be worried about. They never spilled anything about the election. And uh, at this point, we're going to have to kind of take that word on it because right now there's nobody we can fully trust. We definitely can't trust the CIA, you know, because of the Vault 7 releases, because, you know, th they had the possibility to frame it on the Russians. So, very much so, this is a massive win to Trump. Uh, I think more, more and more people that were originally undecided, you know, about the election... The people that may have voted Clinton grudgingly, thinking that, okay, I might as well vote for her. In the same way people, might, you know, would have done, oh, I might as well vote for him. Yeah, more and more people are going to be on the side of, yes, this is the president I actually voted. And more people are like, okay, I might have voted the wrong president. But the president we do have is proving himself. And, you know, this is contributed towards that. Final two stories that we've got today. Uh, the first one has come out of Britain again. And it's about talks with, uh, in terms of Brexit, with the EU. And according to Donald Tusk, uh, he has warned the UK about a no-deal threat. Basically saying that... You know, the European Union has the ability and there is a you know, high potential that Britain won't get a deal out of this. And I'm going to come out and just say, uh, are you mad? Many countries that are within the European Union, not necessarily, you know, the European Union itself, but many European Union countries want to have individual deals at the very least with Britain. And considering, you know, the ones that do so are pretty much the economic superpowers of the European Union. You know, your France, your Germany's, you know, the ones that are making the money alongside Britain when they were in the European Union. You know, they're wanting, you know, to have, you know, the connections. And if anything, they're the ones that are more likely to pressure the European Union into having at least a base deal with Britain, let alone having, you know, an extra individual deal with Britain that will allow them to get extra perks as they please. You know, that's the whole idea with negotiations. So to hear from uh, Donald Tusk that, you know, there is a threat that there will be, there is a potential for there to be, you know, a no deal um deal uh, is it feels like the threat is very low because of the attitudes and the actions of other nations and even if we were to get you know no deal out of it you know that would mean that the European Union comes out at a loss Britain will still be able to continue because you know they're able to forge deals with members of the European Union, and even if they weren't able to do that, maybe, you know, the European Union creates some form of embargo whereby nations of the European Union aren't able to have uh, deals with Britain. They still, you know, Britain's still got America lined up. You know, Donald Trump wants that deal. They still, you know, Britain still has India. They still have Australia. They still have all the other countries 
that aren't part of the European Union, it is still you know, a possibility of happening without you know too much of a hindrance towards Britain and more a shot in the foot for the European Union. And they've got to respect that within this, Britain has just as much power you know, and influence as the European Union does. You know, to effectively, you know, try and go down with Britain would mean, you know, the European Union missing and falling in the pit themselves. You know, it's not going to work without some mad effort whereby they can, you know, try and make every country throughout the world, let alone the European Union, not give Britain a trade deal, which, I don't know about you, that's not going to be happening anytime soon. In terms of other news, uh, there's been a report coming out from uh, Reuters saying that uh, Swedish prosecutors are not ready to decide uh, if they will pursue the um, leads on Julian Assange, uh, who was uh, being investigated on rape allegations back from 2010. Um, and is pretty much the main reason why Julian Assange is still within the Ecuadorian embassy to this day, even though it is six to seven years on. And, you know, I'm hoping, you know, that Julian Assange is able to get free. He says that he is... Uh, innocent, he believes that he did not commit rape. Uh, you know, he believes that it is a false allegation, and because of the position he is in, it makes his job a lot harder. And it is a job that is vital within this world. You know, we're in a position whereby we need people to leak stuff uh, for good or ill because you know we need to find out about people like or you know organizations like the dnc and what they were up to making it so that you know they could even have a fair election within their system you know of you know picking a candidate you know, they need to you know have a light shine on them to show that you know you're not allowed to do the illegal stuff that you are doing and just be able to brush it under the rug you know julian assange is the one that lifts up that rug and is able to show you know what has been actually going on and you know with him within the ecuadorian embassy it makes you know a job a lot harder to do so it's like having you know the boss of a company within jail but still being able to have ties to the company everything starts to slow down and especially with you know wikileaks not um you know having a new leader like a new proper you know ceo you know they still rely on julian assange to do the work that he needs to do even though he is restricted you know to within the confinement of the ecuadorian embassy which you know that in itself is being threatened by um by the Ecuadorian elections at the moment because one of the favourites for winning it wants to uh, get Julian Assange out of the Ecuadorian embassy which would mean 
you know, him going into British hands, which would mean, you know, him being moved to Sweden and having the prosecutions against him carry on. But at the same time, though, he is in a comfortable position in terms of the Ecuadorian embassy because you know, even though Sweden want him and thus Britain wants him, you know, the US also want him because of the work of WikiLeaks. You know, that's why you see, you know, Edward Snowden hiding within, you know, I believe it's Russia that he's hiding in. And that's the reason why, is because, you know, people like Edward Snowden, people like, you know, organisations like WikiLeaks, you know, they leak the stuff that, you know, the governments don't want people to find out, even though the people should know about this and know what the government is up to behind closed doors. We know, you know, we need transparent governments because, you know, the reason why we've elected them to be the government is because of the policies that they have openly spoken out of. We have not elected them because of the stuff they do behind closed doors. You know, stuff like this should be public. You know, we should know exactly what is going on with the government. Not, you know, 100% accurate. You know, we should know their location every, you know, all the time, you know, every day. But we should know, right, today is going to be the day whereby, you know, they introduce this policy. Instead of, today is the day we're going to find out that they need this policy. I wonder what the CIA are up to, or I wonder what MI5 are up to. We shouldn't have that going on in the modern society. Whilst I'm not saying that we can't allow the CIA to be, you know, doing that work or MI5 to be doing that work, we need to know what's going on because if we're having all the problems that are being raised, you know, like uh, you know, voter fraud and, um, and like trying to uh, deface people within your own political party just so the candidate that the party wants, you know, gets in, is wrong you know we shouldn't be having that happen in this society and it's a shame that it is happening you know anyways uh but other than that i don't believe there is much other news t today i'm gonna quickly scan through see if there have been any uh, any uh other news that has come out um, I don't believe there is much uh, different in terms of how the Dutch elections are going through at the moment. Uh, yeah, the polls are still going through. The last update was actually 10 minutes ago, uh, which is still just you know opinions coming out from reporters saying what they believe could happen within that election. I'm uh, not seeing any other news else the only other news that I can't really fully talk about because I'm not really that um, knowledgeable about it is the news that a marine that was convicted for murdered for shooting an injured Taliban fighter has had his sentence reduced instead of being murder is a manslaughter um, but I'm not one that knows the rules of um, war in terms of like an injured fighter or anything like that or how the situation arose. So oh, I can't fully comment on that. But other than that, guys, uh, thank you very much for listening. 
uh, you've been listening to the Make Our Think Again podcast, and I will hope to uh, hear, hear from you later on.